Hello, my name is Brandon Krakowski. I'm the research director at the Wharton Customer Analytics Initiative, and welcome to this episode of the Wharton Customer Analyticast. Today we have Anuj Agrawal, Chief Marketing Officer of Earth Networks. So Anuj, tell me about Earth Networks, what they do, and what your role at the company is. Sure. Well, thanks for having me on, Brandon. Uh, you know, Earth Networks has been a major player in the weather space for about 25 years or so. Uh, we started out. Uh, really, the goal of the company has been really to develop weather intelligence around the globe. And so, you know, we've we've spent decades building out global weather networks, so weather sensors across the world. We've got over 10,000 that are proprietary to us. Um, that powers a lot of our solutions that we that we make available to government commercial entities. Uh, we're also the home of the world's largest lightning detection network. Uh, currently, currently 1,500 strong, uh, measuring lightning in over 90 countries. So that's that's measuring, you know, every lightning strike that's happening um, uh, most part of the globe in a real time basis. And so, really, our our mission is really to to help companies automate their weather influence decisions. And so it's a, you know, it's a different lens from what you'll typically see from, you know, most weather providers that people may have on their, on their phones. Um, you know, those are, those are a lot more consumer-grade type of weather applications. They're typically using weather sensors that are, you know, that are freely available, that were, you know, fully established at the FAA. Um, but they're not really in neighborhoods or where people live and work uh, for them to be relevant when you're trying to make a high-value decision. And so those, you know, those decisions are, can be around uh, operational efficiency. They can be, be around public safety. But at the end of the day, you want, you want the best weather information you can get. And the, the way that we've built our networks is to, is to strategically place them um, in those areas will provide the most value. And so we've, we've built up these networks uh, for about two decades, um, and we make our solutions available through, uh, through APIs. We have a SaaS solution for uh, weather visualization, and then we have a, a variety of alerting solutions as well that are used by people around the world. So WCAI just launched a project with Earth Networks. Can you tell us a bit about the goals of the partnership with WCAI and the goals of the project? Yeah, well, you know, I've uh, I've got my own strong ties to Wharton, and I'm and I'm you know I see the 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 program is made is made itself into one of the thought the thought leaders in terms of analytics and and fostering analytic talent at the university. And so, you know, from from my perspective, and it's shared widely at the company, is you know we've we've got really smart, bright people here, um, but obviously there's a lot more ideas that that are out there in the world you know even if you even if you were to to talk to a um, you know to to someone in high school now they you know they've got statistics courses and data science and it's really quite amazing what um, what you know what the up and coming generation is doing and I think that's um, certainly at a university at the University of Pennsylvania you're going to have that same kind of caliber of people that are uh, analytically inclined, interested in pushing the envelope around what analytics and data can do, and so with Wharton being one of the one of the universities that are really pushing that forefront, um, we thought it'd make a, it'd be a, it'd be a great partnership because you know weather data is one of those things that's 
it's applicable across almost any industry you can think of. So it's got it's got a nice wide net to it, and so it it lends itself to a variety of different applications uh, and interests that students may have to apply the data that, quite frankly, we have never even thought of. And we'll we'll hear you know we'll hear somebody's ideas around you know correlation of weather data to something else, and and it, it sort of, you sort of scratch your head, and then you know when the data comes out. You know, you realize it's a very interesting insight that wasn't, you know, it's one of those non, non-obvious insights that you hear about. And so our, our goal is really to tap into the community that where we can co-develop these insights and, and potentially bring some something new to the market. So uh, what kind of data did Earth Networks actually provide to WCAI? What, what did they provide to WCAI? Uh, WCAI has um, really access to a full catalog of data sets that we have. Um, that ranges from, you know, I mentioned that we've been collecting data for two decades, so we've got we've got a great library of historical data that that's being delivered to the university um, for uh, for historical correlation projects. We have um, our networks are measuring real time current conditions uh, in all over the globe, and so that data is available via an API. Um, as well as our forecasting products that so we're forecasting out um, 10 days at an hourly level. Um, and then there's also a real-time lightning feed, um, which, has, which is a real-time pipe into every lightning strike that's pretty much happening all over the world in real time. And so those are obviously applications can be, can be derived from that to power different software applications or analytical models. Um, whether that be for correlation purposes or for for triggering real time real real time uh, responses. And I've seen some of that data. I can attest that it's super interesting and nuanced based on uh, the location. You may have touched on this. What kind of interesting things is Earth Network currently doing with the data in the analytics space? Sure. Well, it starts. Um, you know, you know, when we're talking about weather information, you know the. The initial analytics are really driven around forecasting. So, you know, there's several different types of forecasting models that are out there. You know, we feel like ours is, you know, ours is ours is one of the strongest. Um, but then we also take that forecasting, and then we, we I just mentioned we we do deliver it through an API, and so we've got companies that are using it in a variety of different ways. So, for you know, for example, in the energy space, uh, utilities can can use the weather prediction to also predict outage scenarios. So where is there going to be stress on the grid? Uh, when might that happen? Where should they have field teams deployed uh, in advance of that event happening to limit the downtime for their customer base? Um, is a prime example of one of the ways that, we're, that, that the data is being used. Uh, and then there's some really emerging areas where uh, you know, I think you're going to see weather data have a pretty major impact. And that's you know, first in the drone market uh, there's, you know, the, obviously there's, um, there's a lot of hype around drones. You know, Amazon gets a lot of publicity about the about delivery, but in the you know, in the short term, um, you know, drones are being used for some very important uh, commercial applications, whether that's in agriculture or construction, um, in general infrastructure inspection type of applications. And so, you know, the weather information that we're providing is. Um, is going to be used really for drone operators all over the globe to plan their missions, you know, in terms of what time of day and what hour they should be doing it. Um, 
during flights and or right before takeoff, or they can look and understand what are the wind conditions, what is the precipitation, um, are there any severe weather alerts that are going to be in my area in the next half an hour? Um, you know, our, our alerting capability is, is you know, similar to what people may see from um, public sources like the National Weather Service. Um, those, those tend to be a little bit broader. They tend to be more county level. Um, ours are much more granular, and so we're alerting people um, really in the, in the high probability areas of where, where, where there could be an event. So you, you really limit your false positives around potentially delaying a mission. Um, and then and from a post-flight, post-mission perspective, you know, these drone missions are, are, are primarily right now uh, capturing imagery from the drone. And so, you know, one of the interesting things that we're starting to see is, is imagery and weather data being combined to understand is deterioration or damage at the site um, is it being influenced by weather at all? And so those are a couple of the emerging areas. We've also got telematics. So when you talk about autonomous cars, you know, obviously weather conditions is going to be an important factor in how those cars operate and and the speed that they take, the routes that they take. And so the, uh, there's a lot of interesting things that are emerging here. And I think that's a, that's um, that's going to be a, it's going to take a good advantage of the data we have now. Um, you know, drones and autonomous vehicles. The interesting thing is it's, it's going to be a it's going to really be two way and that they'll they'll also be capturing things uh, there'll be sensors on those devices as well that can be ingested back into networks like ours that are aggregating different networks around the world. Super interesting. Can you tell me about any of the current research projects that are actually happening at Penn using the Earth Networks data? Sure. Yeah. You know, the partnership is pretty uh, it's pretty new. We're already seeing you know. Some interesting use cases. Um, you know, one that one that's come across has been around correlation of weather data and judicial sentencing decisions. Right, this is a <laughs> prime example of something you, you maybe never think of, um, but someone someone you know thinks there's something there. There's some research on it, and it's, it's really looking at you know study of instrumental variables like that can that can be causal, but really no have no factual relevance on the outcome so in this case it's it's looking to prove that whether it can impact a just a judicial decision you know independent of the choices a convicted felon might make once they're released so um the hypothesis we'll see i'm, I'm actually very curious to see how this comes out um there's another one around uh understanding the correlation of weather uh to the fish supply so looking at weather conditions, you know, at ports, those kinds of things. And understanding the, the causation of, of pricing levels on a day-to-day basis. So, you know, many people are under the assumption that it's, it's driven primarily by an increase in demand, um, when in many cases it's just a shortage of supply, which, you know, I think is, you know, there, there, there's a con- obviously common things that drive pricing, but in this, in this case the, the assumption has always been that it's been higher demand. Um, not so much on the shorter supply. That's 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 very influenced by weather. So those are a couple of things that we've seen so far. Can you talk a little bit about how weather might affect the behavior of customers and cause them to make purchases or shop in different ways, uh, either online or in brick and mortar stores? 
Uh, yeah, sure. There's a few. There's a few use cases here. So, um, you know, there's there's been there's been research around. Um, you know, if you think about uh, bad weather situations, um, you know, there's a there's an impending weather storm coming. You'll often see a mad rush to things like water and bread and those kinds of things. Um, so those are some obvious things that are weather forecasts can drive demand within certain product categories. Um, and it causes a, from a consumer perspective, obviously the, the demand changes quite a bit and very unexpectedly because of the, you know, the way a lot of these retailers and brands are doing their, you know, managing their supply chains is by looking at historical sales patterns. Well, uh, historical sales patterns, you know, may not have had a major weather event in them. And so the, the sales that you saw historically over the last couple of years during that same week um, are in some ways misinforming the supply chain at a retailer, uh, just given that different things are causing demand changes, um, whether that's, you know, storms, you could have increased pollen levels that, that drive up demand for allergy medicine. And so it's, um, it's disruptive for the, the retailer and the supply chain, which makes it disruptive for the consumer. Because the consumer ends up, you know, going to a store and doesn't find something that's there. Um, I think there's also a there's also an application from a marketing perspective, and that there's, you know, a lot of the a lot of the advertising and targeting solutions are incorporating weather information to to market certain certain types of weather sensitive products uh, to people in certain areas. So you know, having a data network like ours, which is very hyper local. Um, you're getting measurements from uh, a very granular location. So if you know if you know what the weather situation is like in a grand, in a, in a specific location, um, your ad targeting can be can you, you can you can present different display ads for different product lines. You can run a promotion for products that have shown to to be more sensitive to weather um, versus other product categories. How can weather intelligence data be used in medical service field yeah it's you know it's you know actually we've, you know we, we do we do some work with um, you know one of our big markets is in the public safety realm we work with emergency management or emergency managers and fire and rescue and we do you know we have we have heard that what you know whether whether can be an important factor in terms of um, you know when you might need to transport somebody um, not just from home to hospital, but from hospital to hospital. If there's a specific procedure that has to get done, um, oftentimes the ambulance may not be able to get there um, if the weather is, is not going to allow it. And so, you know, having that kind of intelligence, you know, if you have that intelligence in a, sh <clears throat> in a shared application that is used by, you know, by, by all the hospitals in the area, everybody can be on the same page and understand and when is it likely for road conditions to clear up? And when is it likely that ambulance are going to actually be able to, con to conduct its transfer? And you could, you know, obviously surgery could be scheduled and, and doctors and nurses can be available um, at the appropriate time. So that's, that's definitely one use case that we've seen. Well, News, thanks so much for joining us. This has been another episode of the Wharton Customer Analyticast. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for having me on the show, Brandon. It was a great discussion. Enjoyed the time and uh, look forward to working with you all on finding new uses of weather data.